0: Ready?
1: Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 28-3, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Prune. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, or we find a topic, and we pick music that fits that topic, we listen to the music and we chat about it, and we and we chat about everything else.
0: <laughs> All the greedy,
1: and that's the show, everybody.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, man. But honestly, I like that aspect of the show. It makes me feel like a makes me feel good. I don't know. I like even when I if I'm not getting much conversation in other in other areas, like you know, because work's like hitting me hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Getting together and hanging out and just gabbing on here just feels great. Absolutely, catching up, sh- shooting the bees knees. Cause like I can't even talk. I can't even talk like games and stuff at my job. Like, I try every once in a while, and no one knows what I'm talking about. I try to talk fitness at work. Everybody's like, shut up and eat this donut. And it's like, okay, well, that that doesn't help either. You
1: know? Yeah. Someone's like, oh, man, what are you doing for this weekend? And I was like, well, I was, you know, I was going to sleep in and then maybe go for a run. That's it. (laughs) You run? I only run when something's chasing me. That's the usual follow up to that. That's the follow up. I I run to the local bar. (laughs) I don't know. Or the bathroom. Um, So this week, uh, we should say that um, if you are a member of our Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, you get access to a monthly live stream where we record the show live in front of a live studio audience.
0: Well, there could be one or two zombies
1: in there, but honestly, I feel like that would be quite a selling point. Based on the timing of things and the time zones of where people are located, they might become zombies later on. Um, Sorry, Michael Bridgewater. (laughs) But this episode is uh, yeah, is recorded live with an audience, and that's just how we do it once a month. And our topic is the summer games.
0: And of course, I think just from when I was reading through the suggestion, I think everyone had a. <laughs> um, I think everyone took that differently too, because like when we announced it, it was like games of summer. like some people I think took it as these are summary games. Like this is like totally a summer game. I've heard some, seen some people take it as Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the original intent, which was like games you would be playing during the summer, like in like retro time. And I don't think anybody submitted a track
1: from a game they're going to play this
0: summer which was the other aspect of it because yeah. it was inspired by the summer games challenge.
1: I was wondering maybe like if some of our Patreon members were teachers and suddenly they have like the summers off, you know. And
0: they are lucky by the way cuz my brother had that feature like he, oh, yeah. he's not a teacher but he works for a school so when the school is closed he gets the same benefit of being closed out with pay. So it's like, well, there's a couple months off where you don't have to do anything. What are you going to do? Vacation, vacation, vacation. Second job. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, that's what I would do. Get that's extra money. Too, yeah. But he goes on a lot of vacations and crap. Oh,
1: okay. I
0: get paid. I'm like, give me a second <laughs> gig. You can do that. I get paid. Like that's been my whole thing a lot lately too. Like I've been just living this weird life. Like I still do my reviews. Like heck, I I just wrote my first review, and. Probably, like, two years, even. I put it off because I review so many games for SML that I just never find the time to write. Mm-hmm. But I did a review for uh, Asha and Monster World for Hey, Poor Player recently, and it took me
1: actual hours to write 1,200 words. <laughs> like, it's insane <laughs> it's how practice. much... You just got to keep doing it, man. It's it's, uh, it's a muscle you got to practice on. You but it comes out... It. it came out well.
0: It's just, it just took me forever. But mm-hmm. I did that, and, like, um, I'm still, you know, getting my reviews in. Um, but I've been getting like really obsessed with the idea, like earning money, earning money. And it comes in a variety of ways. Like there's the frustrating ways, like the stock market. I hate the stock market, but then it comes in weird, odd ways, like discovering that you have garbage pill kids that are worth a lot of money. Like, uh, one that I won't sell because it would break up my set. But I came across, uh, duplicates and stuff. No. So. Series one Garbage Pail Kids, I've never personally purchased at the store. Like I, when I was collecting them, they were already off the shelves. I started buying them around series two and three. Okay, so I always wanted series one. So around like age like seventeen or not seventeen, but like maybe the early twenties when eBay was just getting off the heavily off the ground. Mm-hmm. I purchased a series one set off of some guy online when everyone thought Garbage Pail Kids were worthless and unfortunately one of them or two of them had like holes punched in the corner, but the guy didn't tell me. Uh, Why would you punch a hole in your stupid cars? I don't understand. But anyway, the point is, so I have a set of Series 1 cars, but they're not pristine. So the set wouldn't be able to get flipped for tons of money. However, some of the more popular cars, like there's like a vampire garbage pill kit and the trademark one where the guy's blowing his head open with a button. yeah, Yeah. They're like the big wigs. And recently, one of the Vampire ones, which was like a pristine graded from like a grading system, it sold for like over $10,000. And I'm looking at my what? copy, I'm like, wow, well, mine's not a 10, but it sure is at least like a 7. This might be flippable. <laughs> I, should, I should consider selling it, but even still, like for some dumb reason, I love my Garbage Kids so much that I'm like, I can't say buy to this. Yeah, Because it's the only be, one
1: I've got. So, so there's gotta be something like, you're probably looking at parts of, parts of your collections and being like, what what could you do away with? And because, I found because you're something. just because you're just gonna drive yourself crazy looking at things that you own that are like, oh, it's worth so much, but I can't part with it.
0: But I did find one thing that came out of nowhere. So 2015 was the 30th anniversary of garbage pill kit cards, and they wow. put out a 30th anniversary set. Now, at the time I purchased two boxes of hobby because my brain was thinking I would need at least two boxes to complete a base set of cards. Mm-hmm. I opened one of the boxes, tore the packs open, was like, "Oh yeah, this is great!" But then never got around to opening the second, and literally forgot I had it. Fast forward to the present, there was a Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's and, called um, uh, "The Last Dance." Okay, I didn't, I didn't even know what it was called. I just knew it existed. How is Michael Jordan getting connected to garbage pail kids? I'm getting to that. Oh my god!
0: One of the cards Close in the, the 30th anniversary, one of the cards in the 30th anniversary set is a Garbage Pail Kid of Michael Jordan dunking a basketball with his tongue. What? His name is Mad Michael, and then the other one's called Jumpin' Jordan. But apparently, that card is now sought after because of Michael Jordan being brought back up on the spot. Like, oh, wow, that was a Garbage Pail Kid for Michael Jordan. I gotta have it. So the individual card was selling for like a 100 bucks. The base card, which is not the hard-to-get one either. It was just it was $100 for a card. Now going back to what i had i have an unopened that unopened second box which i went and found by accident I went to look when i went to look to see if i had any doubles of the michael jordan card and that box of cards sells for like a thousand bucks what so it's like <laughs> do i open it and complete my set of 30th anniversary cards or do i just say screw it get a thousand dollars it's hard to say and then i have other like garbage kids that might fit a similar mobile. like if i go out and flip it because like, it's got a gold border it might be worth like a couple hundred bucks it's that whole hobby is so weird now. Garbage yeah. bro kids are big it's money crazy somehow. Cause,
1: yeah, because you coll- you're just collecting them because you like them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, how many can I, I just want to keep up with the hobby and just have them and enjoy them. And you're probably, col- at the height of your collecting of them was be- before they were worth a lot of cash, right? Exactly. Like, I-, I-, I remember driving, it was like somewhere in Bear. Yeah, collector's box. Yeah, collector's box. Yeah. And that was to get a, pot, a pack of all you new like, series, hey, too. You are like, hey, Rob, can we just, like, drive out of our way for a while? <laughs> Somewhere specific, though, <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. I can play some cards. Um, I am playing Persona again since the last time we recorded this show. Good. Which is good. Which is good. I'm playing S- Persona Do you 5. have your hour count? My what? Your hour count. My hour count. Yeah. How oh, many? how many hours I've played. Yes. Can you just ask me how many hours have I played? No, I got to get all nerd techie. <laughs> like 67, 68. Oh, dude. T- I'm actually surprised, but then again, no, I guess the end game does ramp up. Yeah, and also I'm you ass- might not I'm grind ass- like me. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm about halfway. Okay. Which I mean, but you're saying that I'm close to being halfway. No, 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 which no. Which is no. discouraging.
0: No, no, you're <laughs> not. You're over halfway. My <laughs> problem is I grinded for stuff. Okay. And I also played on hard. So. Yeah, oh yeah, that would take a lot. Longer. Battles were hard. Like I told you, like the level that I thought you were on, I did. It took me all night to do it.
1: Oh. Oh, that was the, the the casino. That was the one you, you do. The one after. Oh, that. the one after that. Yeah, I mean, I might I might have to spend some time. That's the thing. Like, I, I I don't know if other people are this way, but I really like to spend time with a game rather than being like I only have a half an hour. I only have a half. An well, hour. that's
0: good because Prisoda likes to spend time with you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's a long game. It's a long one. Yeah, it does does take some time. I am I am still enjoying it. I'm still playing it. So, mebri
0: says. Oh, Michael Bridgewater says he's close to finishing Persona 4. I question that. Are you really close to finishing Persona 4? I say that because depending on where you are, there's an event where if you don't do it exactly the way you're supposed to, the game stops.
1: Oh, well. (laughs) So he might be close to finishing. He might be closer to finishing than he thinks. Oh, wow. But it depends. That's not discouraging at all. Well, it's
0: it's not bad. It's (laughs) just that's just how they designed the game. Like... It's You'll know the part when you get to it. Just have two save files, that's all. You'll know. <laughs> you'll get there. You'll, you'll
1: get there. And like, if you always
0: have a question, write, to, write into Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. We'll help you. Yeah.
1: Pernell Prun- 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 underscore Persona Help. Persona Helpline. Yeah, at helpline.com.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, he's, good. he's he's doing the relevant things right. I'm glad to hear okay. that.
1: I mean, it's been enough time, people know. I, I remember the last Persona game was I played was Persona 3. And I don't recall if it. that one had like a proper end game condition versus just playing through it or not. But I don't think if it did, I never found it because like I finished these games and I'm like, that was a fantastic experience and I put it away and I'm done and I'm done. Um, new game plus, I don't know. Like <laughs> I mean, come on. I never ever do new game plus. Well, the, the way I mean, the way I play games, it's just I've already spent like so much. Not I didn't, I mean, I might have spent the same amount of time you did playing the game like in-game hours, right? Mm-hmm. But over the course of much longer. So I feel like, oh, if I, if it took me two years to complete this game, I'm not going to spend another two years to finish it. To fight one bonus to, to boss at again. the back half yeah, of the exactly. game. Even though it's not overall that same amount, it might be the same amount of game in-game hours. I don't want to go back and do that again. I'm There's the so same. many other games to experience.
0: 100% for that, yeah. too. Like, there's I have games on this stupid switch here, I'll never play. I just have them because I feel
1: good having them. Yeah, cause and because you like buying like massive storage containers and, and putting a ton of games into it.
0: That's right. Something about just the switch, though. Like, it's this just, is going to be the last system I do that for. You're the digital hoarder. I am, but, but this uh, is the last system I'm doing it for. What do you mean? I'm done. Like, you're done hoarding games. Oh, not don't why you got to phrase it like that? <laughs> no, I'm done collecting games. Okay. So the Switch will be the last system I do that sort of thing for. Like, if I get review codes, that's one thing. But as yeah, far as me going out and be like, oh, I just want to have a decent-sized library for oh, this console, I, see, I, see. I think I'm done with that. Because gaming collecting, quote-unquote, has changed so much. It has changed during my process of collecting, too. Like, you don't even own your physicals anymore. And I'm getting older to the point where, like, I can't reasonably make that claim of I'll make time later to play this yeah. because I need that
1: time to play my old stuff. And then like a physical copy is like you need storage for all that stuff.
0: Yep. And um,
1: and my storage is getting way up. Yeah. So would you say, would you, uh, would you ever be interested in a game streaming service? Would you ever do that? I don't want to say that yet because I will say... Like if there was like a new... If the, ne- if the next Mega Ten game came out, there's a brand new Mega Ten game. Not a Persona game, a Mega Ten game. But that's going to be SMT5. Right. And what if that was a streaming service only? Mm,
0: well, depends. I could see myself playing
1: it that way and then canceling when it was done. What if 80% of it was a gacha game and 20% of Not, it was Pachinko?
0: Well, that already existed and I didn't play it. <laughs> the heck with that. That was DX
1: de-acceler- Liberation. And I wasn't doing that. Wow, see, I'm just making jokes. And you're like, nope, that exists. That actually exists, and I did not play it. Rob, that's very funny, but people made some money off of that idea.
0: Well, actually.
1: <laughs> actually. Actually, the Japanese well, love pachinko. Um, all right, so let's, let's let's just start experiencing some tunes. I can dig that. So we asked our listeners, and we asked our Patreon subscribers uh, to send in their track selections for their summer game experiences. Exper- and they did come through, too. is my word of the night they came through in spades yeah. yeah some good i'm really I'm really really pleased we've even got we've even got a, a selection from justin schneider which um which is i don't, I don't know if he's ever sent in anything I mean, i'm sure he, no,
0: he has before yes yeah i feel like everyone that submitted justin this month has submitted before he's on
1: that podcast right <laughs> yes of course he is he does that one podcast about movies no no no, no. no it's current events no wait no it's, he's like a shock jock right yeah. He talks to like strippers and then like no, and then d- they get drunk.
0: Why do you got to make this man out to be worse <laughs> than he is? His name is Justin Schneider. He's awesome. Yeah. Let it be.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let it be. All he ever Burn. does, yeah, is it's just podcasting. No, he's awesome. Leave it at that. <laughs> he's awesome from his jail cell stop it (laughs) just leave that man alone. all right i'll stop that all right um so this is an odd numbered episode so we're gonna start with you pernell and why don't you go ahead and
0: well i feel like i have to go with this one first because of all the tracks that came through as far as like because again keep in mind there was multiple interpretations of how this topic was received this was the (laughs) summariest submission that we got and it clicked for me very well. So this comes from Michael Bridgewater. This was from the game Windjammers. And the track title is Flying Power Disc. It was the theme of the Beach Court stage. Released for the Neo Geo arcade and, I guess, console, of course, because they're the same thing, pretty much. Composed by Sichi Hamada and Tomoyoshi Sato. Hmm. back. You are listening to burp, burp burp flying power disc, the Beach Court theme from the game Wind Jammers on the Neo Geo composed by cg Hamada and Tomoyoshi Sato composed by those two and submitted by Michael Bridgewater. So, yeah, this track is 100% summertime jams and I can honestly say this hits without before even reading his testimonial. Like this hits so many levels because aside from what he's going to say, It also is a beachy game, and a lot of people, when they would get together during, like, summer breaks and stuff, they would hang out in arcades and play
1: this game in versus mode. Like, this was, like, a big hangout game. I kind of want to, like—like, I'm going to the beach this weekend. I kind of want to, like, bring a bunch of Frisbees and just, like, start, like, taking people down.
0: Oh man! So you do have your whole like your whole, your whole character arc where it's like Sonic Bond Strike, and you just like throw the frisbee. and you, yeah. you get upset when it doesn't like stream across the sand and then rise up. Like it just lands and stops.
1: <laughs> What's up <laughs> with my frisbee? I, I, I used my best throw. I have tremendous control over my discs. <laughs> um, have, Unfortunately, I that have, control involves it landing and stopping. I have great disc control. Um, so, <laughs> Chrissy's gonna open. The suitcase, and she's going to be like, all I see in here is green spandex and sunglasses. You ready to play? Know. <laughs> Insert coin. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, honey. Insert coin. <laughs> Time to play.
0: But before we get too far off topic all of this, let's get down to business. That business being the man me breeze testimonial. He says, around the top of July last year, I requested a tune from a Game Boy title that I played a lot. While on holiday in Spain with my family as a kid, that game being Jurassic Park 2, The Chaos Continues. This time, however, I'm going to offer a summer holiday video game memories pick of a different kind. Here's a tune from one of my favorite arcade games. It's everyone's favorite frisbee em up That's a new genre. <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking is, with yeah. it. jammers a masterpiece by Data East for SNK's formidable red juggernaut, the Neo Geo MVS. This tune, which can be heard while you're playing on the game's beach court, combines some sweet FM synth pyrotechnics with big, crunchy sample drums, making for a decidedly sun-drenched jazz rock burner that was worth the 100 pesetas of my hard-pegged pocket money, and <laughs> in and of itself. Here's to a great summer. And can I just say, nobody describes music like this man describes music. Yeah. Makes, that was, my God, that was sweet. He makes a, he makes a meal of it.
1: <laughs> 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 it's a crunchy little tart yeah. with just a hint of butter. This is a very summery track. It's just so bright. And it's, you're right, it, it is kind of jazz rock, right? Yeah, he he Do- nailed it. My favorite part is that bridge. The and I'm already
0: picturing it, too, because I, like I said, like I my main, my recent experience with this game is like <laughs> I would go to, like I would yearly go to like Neo Geo meetups, which I hope they resume once this, now that we're getting coming slowly out of COVID in the States. If that happens, is it Neo Geo? What we would do yearly Neo Geo meetup. Oh, I would meet drive ups. into like rural what? PA, yeah, and we would all hang out. And he had a ton of that John. G- no, nah, he knows that same
1: circle, friend circle. Though, yeah, I guess everyone who owns Neo Geo, who everyone who collects Neo Geo all know each other
0: right? <laughs> essentially. Yeah, there's you a whole thing. own an
1: arcade, or it's you It's because know. they're
0: all in the same forum. Yeah, okay. they'll hang on the same forum, but like, and I got brought in because friends that know people there were like, well, my friend Purnell would love to hang up like, and yeah, invite him up and that became a regular even though I don't even join the forums. I'm oh, like wow. on their live stream just so like, hey guys, I don't join this thing. But but like anyway, like he had like a ton of NBS cabinets and the actual consoles and some loose boards just sitting out all in his basement and we'd wow. all just collaborate together and we would have Windjammer tournaments and I learned
1: how to play and then subsequently got good at Windjammers during those tournaments. That's an interesting game. So Windjammers is, is, is one on one versus game but it's not a fighting game and it's not a sp- not a real sport it's like a fake frisbee sport it's essentially it's essentially it's frisbee pong. meets pong yes yeah, it's frisbee and pong but like you have like super moves and you can like dash for the for the for the frisbee and um and there's goals on either side but there's like there could also be additional little goals for for minor points and for extra points it's a clever concept but it's so out there Like who came up With this idea And was like This is the game And actually You just reminded me too Windjammers 2 Where
0: the heck is that They
1: announced that Like a,
0: two years well, ago I was going to
1: say Wasn't there going to be Like a, a sequel
0: They announced it Yeah like two years ago was the, They announced First they announced Windjammers was coming To current gen consoles Well current at the time Be Switch And like PS4 and all Right that. right And then they announced Windjammers 2 was in development it can't be that hard to develop a sequel to Windjammers. The game
1: isn't that meaty, man. You Where is it? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's more to it than we realize. Maybe it's just taking a lot more time. There's just, a world tour mode now, and there's like a platformer. Yeah, no, it's
0: a Metroidvania.
1: It's a free to play for now. You can that's, equip that's the new problem. frisbees by defeating players from all around the world. It's all about um. It's all about maximizing their profits uh, with Windjammer style <laughs> <laughs> commercial spandex, baby. I'm sold. Speaking of um, uh, uh, commercials and maximizing profits, we're going to get into our next track. Okay? Are you saying that the next track is sponsored by General Mills? The next track is sponsored by Spanky. I see. The game is Spanky's Quest. Oh, okay. For the Super Nintendo. I didn't know he had that kind of money. Are you, you better believe it. <laughs> I guess. He, I guess the quest. I guess the quest proves successful. I mean, like, think of all the people who've had video games named after them. You got John Elway, right? You got... got um, John Madden. John Madden. You got John Brooks. You got John Larroquette.
0: <laughs> John Spacey. <laughs> right.
1: John Hancock. Anyway, <laughs> this is Spanky's... I can not think of any anymore. This is Spanky's Quest for the Super Nintendo. This is picked by Hammock. Hammock! The track is called Ruins, and it's composed... I don't have the specific composer for the track, but I have some names and some, um, some pseudonyms. So we have Kyohei Sada... And then uh, three other uh, entities known as Inata, Utera, and Toyo.
0: I love that. Nick Walker goes, John Pokemon.
1: John. Which then got me thinking, John, catch him. John, catch him. <laughs> Gotta catch him, John. <laughs> yes, he did. This is the ruins from spanky's quest for the super nintendo composed by kyohei sada and then inata utera and toyo
0: i gotta tell you this got me thinking though it might get me in trouble with some people i can bet you because i don't know we'll see so <laughs> oh my god I- well it's not like that so the um, i think i hear tracks like this usually tracks that hammock submits i'll admit and i'm like you know like absolutely Grooves, like, but danceable grooves. Not just yeah. like this sounds good. But I mean, like I can actually find yeah. a melo- melody and dance to this. Yeah this, track. Is, yeah, this is
1: very danceable. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which then gets me thinking about the idea of like, you know, having a you know having a bar or a dance off to all these different tracks. Mm. But I do remember that I think it was Legacy Music Hour that did that video where it was like the Soul
1: Train. What, it was with video game music. Yeah, they hired a bunch of dancers. Like they, like they, they, had like a call, out like a calling thing out for for dancers to come do a TV show. Mm-hmm. And so they all came, not realizing they were only going to play video game music. The so thing is like, but, yeah, now I think I, it's but so funny.
0: but the thing that like I think is going to get me in trouble, quote unquote, is the fact that as awesome as that was. There were, there were definitely tracks that I remember hearing on that that I was like, this is a good track, yeah I would but just- I can't dance to this. like uh-huh. It was like, it's not a dancey track so much as it's just a good track, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh... Like, I want to say, like, uh... That's what, the one that stood out to me was they picked Meridian Dance from uh, Secret of Mana, yes. which is a fantastic track. But I danced... I can't get the groove going with <laughs> Meridian Dance. Like, I'd like to see them redo that with total groove bangers, yes. like where yes. people are like, the dance is like, yeah, I can find a rhythm.
1: Of this, let's shake it out. I would definitely put this up there with it. Oh, and this yes. makes me want to go back and look up for the soundtrack because I, I want to say that I, I, went into it this one bef- at one point, but
0: I think it's actually on. Believe it or
1: not, I think this recently hit uh, the Switch Online Show oh, really? Network. So you can play it right now. No, oh, we have a testimonial from Hammock on this one. We just don't want to let this one uh, sneak past us. Um, Hammock says if there's one game I'm looking forward to playing this summer it's Spanky's Quest on the Super Nintendo which was just released for the Nintendo Switch online so you're right Uh, I'm a big fan of the Funky Fun soundtrack and now I get the opportunity to play with Spanky's Balls for the first time I don't know how much ball spanking I can handle. It seems a little intimidating, let's be honest, but at least I can jam out while I'm spanking, and that's all I could ever ask for. Now, I, that is a quality testimony. I don't know this game. I'm assuming it's like a pinball thing where you're, you're smacking the
0: spanking the ball. No, no, no. I, I've never really played it either. I just know it's a platformer of sorts. Okay. Where... I think he actually does, like, attack people with, like, a ball they juggles or something. Mm. I wonder if he didn't think that I would read that on the show. He was wrong. Of course he... I'm pretty sure he knew you'd read it, and that was <laughs> why he wrote it exactly in that manner. He wanted to mess with you. Yeah. And that's why, when you read it, I was like, I want to see if he does it with a straight face, because that's the only way you can
1: properly do I, it. I have, I have not looked ahead. I am just reading these flat out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to our next track, now. What have you got on your picks?
0: Let's see. So... My next track is actually going to come from The Last and the guy who won't stop challenging me to things, but I'll give him this. He picked a good track, so I got to give him the credit where it's due. All right. This comes from the game Sonic Mania, and the track title is called The Flying Battery Zone Act 1. And honestly, I didn't realize this, but it's composed by T-Loops, or T- Yeah, I guess it is pronounced loops, actually. Is it loops? I believe- I heard people call it T-Loops, even though it's spelt like loops, but- <laughs> T Loops. I feel like we've had that conversation before where we're like, I'm not sure if that's right. He'll correct us, hopefully, if it's wrong. That would mean he's listening to the show. He's like, no, actually, my name is spelled pronounced T-Lopez
1: or T-Lopes. t Loops. Like, thanks. Also, I hope you like the show, sir. Thanks, T. Mr. T. We'll just call him Mr. T.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Flying Battery Zone Act 1 from the game Sonic Mania, composed by T. Lopez. I'm going with what everyone said in the chat because I don't want to get shot. Um, <laughs> submitted by listener Fred the Last Recon. So, this track... Um, so, Sonic Mania, for those who don't know, is like a sort of celebration of classic 2D Sonic. So, they use yeah. new stages but also some classic stages. Flying Battery Zone originally appeared in Sonic & Knuckles' And it was originally composed by, who
1: was it? Do you remember who you said? uh, Nayafemi Hataya. Okay. Yeah.
0: And with Sonic Mania, T. Lopez did pretty much the entire OST. Mm -hmm. And he did some new tracks, but he also did his own personal touch to some classic tracks for stages that reappeared in this game. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a complete sucker for flying Battery Zone, like... It actually fits into my summer methodology, too, because this was one of the first games I excitedly played when Sega Channel came out because I couldn't uh. afford Sonic & Knuckles, Black and Shores, I could play it on Sega Channel. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to see it make a return in this game as well. And of course, seeing it on the track selection list, like kind of done, got to pick it. Um, but let's talk about what The Last Recon has to say about it. He says, so this was the first game I beat last year during my summer game challenge. This arranged version of Flying Battery Zone Act 1 by T. Lopez is just the best. Plus, with the announcement of Sonic Colors coming to the Switch, one can hope for a Sonic game as good as this one. Or maybe as Purnell always says, a Sonic Generations 2. Who knows? Regardless, enjoy the summer my peoples, and let the Summer Game Challenge BEGIN! And then he does maniacal laughter. I'm not doing that. but. You can just picture that he's laughing maniacally <laughs> right then, now.
1: And it says, "Then Pronell do maniacal laughter. You must <laughs> must do it." <laughs> but like, yeah, like honestly, yeah, Sonic. And this is one. This is one game I, I I did download. I was excited about because I have a lot of I have a lot of nostalgia for Sonic games. But when I went back. I just I, I couldn't I couldn't stick with it. Sonic. Maybe is I should weird. spend more time with it.
0: I'd say try that and see how it hits you. But I can say I relate to what you're saying because. And that's probably why I think Sonic Generations worked so well for me. Because people would always wax nostalgic about how much they love Sonic 2D games. Mm -hmm. And then when the 3D games were coming out, they were like, nah, these games are terrible. Go back to the 2D games. Which, of course, ultimately led to getting Sonic Mania. But I feel like Sonic Mania ultimately ended up adding what I wanted from a Sonic game. like An actual sense of the speed that Sonic is capable of producing. Um, the platforming challenges can still be done right if they do it right in those games. It's not just whole, whole boost mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the music and the stylings that comes from those. Games. Yeah, the
1: music is. Yeah, the but, mu- all the original music and all the remixes in Sonic Mania are so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: But like once I got used to playing the 3D games and then going back to the 2D games, I realized that I was always comparing Sonic 2D to Mario 2D, and for some reason. I just don't get the same sense of, like, accomplishment exploring 2D Sonic levels as I would from, like, a 2D Mario level. Hmm.
1: Okay, I kind of get that. I think I understand where you're coming from, because where I stopped playing was, like, a stage where there's a lot of, like, loops. And, like, the game, like, it was almost like a maze. You had to kind of find your way out to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I just kept getting lost. And I'm thinking, like, I guess this is kind of exploration, but I'm not getting that same kind of, like thrill of discovery that I would say from like a Mario game.
0: Yeah, because like you figure with a Mario yeah. game, say for example, this is going to sound like this might sound like blasphemy for a lot of folks. Let's say in Sonic, you might find an electric shield. As I'm trying to remember, if they brought all shields back in me, I think they did, but you could find the bubble shield or the electric shield or the okay. fire shield. I, the
1: shields in Sonic 3 were like one of the best. Oh, that was one of the best editions they made. One of the they best they made, yeah.
0: But they're mainly for fun. Like they can help you get around and stuff, but they never really felt like by having this shield, I can do this thing that I couldn't do to get me to this spot. Like with a Mario game, you'd be like, okay, for this zone, if I had the raccoon leaf, I can fly over this wall, right, right. which gets me to this warp zone area that takes me to a whole other environment. Or I found this secret Yoshi egg that gives me the blue Yoshi
1: yeah, It was more, it was a full experience, for now. No, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, though, that's not to say I didn't like
0: Sonic. Cause oh. I played the Living Daylights out of Sonic. I was one of those guys who called in the um, freaking hotline because they couldn't get the barrel to drop on the Carnival Night Zone, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it because a lot of people had that problem. But I mean, I was around. I played a lot of Sonic. I still play Sonic. Um, but I just genuinely feel like over time I end up realizing that I just prefer the 3D, which is probably like why like Mania. While while it was fun, mm-hmm. it didn't hit me like say Generations did because Generations blended the two, yeah. and it was a
1: nice blend. I'm wondering like if I don't like the 3D ones, like do I just not like any of them anymore? And that might be the case. Maybe I've just moved on from Sonic, and that makes me feel sad. I'd say play generations, play, play, gen,
0: play, play, play generations
1: before you make that clean. Play 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 Generations before you make that clean,
0: because I think that one in colors were the best 3D Sonics they
1: did. All right. All right, we're holding. But don't them. play forces because woof. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so if I'm going to go to one, it'll be generations. Two generations, right. then colors. So I'll stop playing Persona. Like no, <laughs> 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 All right, I'm going to jump around my document here. We're going to pick our next track. It came from Stephen beneath Miller. The desert. What? As I was like, came from beneath the desert. It came from uh, Stephen Miller. It came from
0: Stephen Miller. Oh, I got I got a comment on this because I feel weird. Like Nick, that Nick Walker says I have dumb nostalgia for Unleashed on the Wii, which proves how powerful nostalgia is. I'll be blunt: mm. when Unleashed worked, Sonic Unleashed. For those who don't know, was the Sonic game where Sonic became a werewolf, which is <laughs> really silly. Such a silly concept. And he like, used like a
1: Wiimote to like waggle around. Oh
0: no, no waggle. At least not from what I played. But he had like rubber elastic arms. He could punch stuff and backdrop enemies and stuff. When the game worked, it was fun. I, I actually played and completed Sonic Unleashed and had a lot of fun with it. It was just the main issue that game had for me, and since Nick Walker was the one that brought it up, I'm curious what he thinks of it, I felt the Werehog levels, while fun, were just too long. Like, I remember doing one where the clock hit like 30 minutes, which should not happen in a Sonic game, ever, ever, ever. And also, it had Rooftop Run, which... Is probably one of the best Sonic levels ever created by anybody. Oh, I think we've
1: talked about that on. Oh, we maybe played some music on the show before. Yeah, yeah. I, I right. brought Rooftop Run to the show. That's right. I played the Living Daylights on that stage. Well, anyway, th- this next track is not Rooftop Run. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Steven Miller. The track is called High Roll. It's from the extra tracks within Rush 2 Extreme Racing USA for the N64, and this one's composed by Barry Leitch. or Leech. Uh, or maybe it's Lech. It's probably Lech. Could be both. After what we've learned today? On today's episode, names we mispronounce. That's right. As a team. <laughs> as a team. We just also were towing it together. Hands up, hands up in the club. We're oh, listening to High Roll from Rush 2 Extreme Racing USA for the N64 composed by Barry Leitch. Rookie
0: USA, yeah! Now, Wrong I don't, game.
1: I don't know this one. Was this, was this for like the, the San Francisco Rush universe? So what I remember, and Stephen Miller can correct me on
0: this, San Francisco Rush was the one I played the death on yeah. the N64, and that was meant to be like, Running through San Francisco, crashing through buildings and whatever. Yeah, yeah, I played that in the arcade a ton. Rush, it's like uh, this one dropped the San Francisco, and it was just like Rush 2049. It was meant to be like a futuristic version yeah. of just. I don't even think it was a specific city. It was like multiple cities. Yeah, but that was also an arcade game that I played a ton of. Rush so,
1: 2049.
0: So is this one based on Rush 2049? Actually, I'm I'm guessing maybe it is, but this is where I'm hoping Stephen Miller steps in because like I'm familiar with Rush 2049, <laughs> but and then Rush to Extreme Racing USA. I almost want to say that was like... Keep in mind, this is for folks like us who haven't researched it. A part of me wants to say that this was actually like the home version of it or something. But I do also remember there being a Rush 2049 home release. So now... Oh, I'm, yes. I'm not super sure. I, I Bam,
1: here we go. Thank you. He came in. Rush 2049 was the third game. Uh, so that's what it was. Okay. That makes sense now. Because I remember when 2049 came out, it was so unusual. I was like, why did we go from racing in San Francisco to racing in like space? Why not is the real question. Uh, Michael Bridgewater, that information about the Amiga, please email it to me. I would love to hear it. I'm really, you don't have to post the whole thing in the chat, but I'm really curious about that. So we know that Barry Lights was keen in the Amiga demo scene or maybe just in that that world of composing music on the Amiga for other games. And so there's some crossover in the file formats and how the music was composed on the Amiga and how the music was composed and then, or at least ported onto the N64. So I find that really fascinating. Um, thank you very, very much. But no, uh, the Rush games, this uh, San Francisco Rush, mm-hmm. and there was like San Francisco Rush: The Rock. Remember that one? I remember that. Yeah, one. Yeah, maybe that was like a like it was like an add-on to the game where you can like because I remember the movie The Rock with um with a uh, Sean Connery. Yes, he breaks out of Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz, right? That was really popular, and so like everything was all about Alcatraz, and you got you got to rush out of the. It was all through like the. Thing. So you're actually driving through Alcatraz. Yeah, I'm, I'm through Alcatraz, however they made it, but it was kind of cool. But it was really a big deal when I was working at FunScape, the arcade back in the day, because one, um, it played a lot like, Cruising USA, except there was tons of shortcuts you could find. And that was really exciting for everyone to be like, oh, I can cut through here and I can cut through there. That was and, the main thing cruising was yeah. missing. Uh, two, it had a little keypad so you can actually put in a code and keep track of your car and your and your high scores. Oh, okay. And three, it had a clutch. You can actually drive like like a standard transmission with the, with the manual and, and you had a, a brake and you had a gas and you had a clutch. And I got
0: to say, <laughs> the, I don't want to drive clutch in real life, but in a video game, it's so much more fun to drive stick
1: shift over mm-hmm.
0: automatic. Cause you got that whole head, brrr, yeah,
1: it felt, like, it felt hand. Yeah, it felt really German. good. I don't think there was any advantage to using it though. like I, Cause in, especially in this arcade style, like just pedal to the metal. It just, like, just feels going. good. It just feels good. Cause I've played a lot of the initial D racing games where you have to like hit the gas and the brake at the same time in order to rev the engine. And I'm like, and that game could have benefited from having a clutch pedal.
0: Also, from me, just standing behind the side of the machine, going, brruh, brruh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the audience would love that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, it, it's part of the charm of the show, Purnell.
0: For, <laughs> <laughs> for $5.99, Pernell will come to your arcade and just stand by the machine and make rev noises for you. <laughs>
1: It'll be great. Everyone will have a good time. Well, we, have a, uh, we have a testimonial written by Stephen Miller. He says... Most of my summer games were multiplayer games that were played with my friends, such as Rush 2. Myself and my best friend spent a summer trying to get the highest score possible on the stunt track of the game. Many exploits and stage-breaking glitches were used, and many laughs were had. So that's cool. I like that. Like, spending spending the whole summer with your friend just trying to break the game.
0: Honestly, that's some of the best aspects of gaming that have yeah. been long since lost over to the, the annals of time, which is why, like, the idea of, like, these this summer game's topic feels so good to me, because... Like that's how it was for me like growing up, there were like small windows in there where I did have a specific group of friends that would play games with me. And like for example like Streets of Race Two, we would like play I played that game more times than I can count with my brother and some neighborhood friends. Oh yeah. Uh San Francisco Russian ST four, we played that to death, Cruising USA. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. All those early SC four games asking we just all hang out on weekends and just
1: like, Oh yeah, beat em ups were like the thing for that. Like Back in like junior high or like seventh grade or sixth grade, we used to go to my we had these sleepovers at my friend Andreas's house, and like we would all just like hang out in his bedroom or in his basement, just playing Super Nintendo em ups like all day long, all night long, over and over. And then um, then then once we got Bomberman and Street Fighter, that that oh, was, that's it. When it was over. that was it. Like I mean, friendships like, were dissolved. I mean, we loved we loved Mario Kart, but it was Bomberman and Street Fighter, and then that that was like that was the thing. I was like. The best thing. I miss... I, I, I love that. Country. And Bomberman, that was the friendship killer.
0: And especially <laughs> oh, man, Super Bomberman really 2 long. because Super Bomberman 2, it may have been in one, but I didn't play much of one. Super Bomberman 2 introduced the Gold Bomber. So when you won, you got the Gold Bomber outfit and you got a default starting power that no one else got mm-hmm. by at the beginning of the stage. So not only do you start a little bit more powerful, but you're like marked as the Gold Bomber for everybody to target and being me, I jammed into that hardcore when people were like, Joe like, can't catch me. I'm
1: too good running in circles with my roller skates. <laughs> of course you would rub it in their faces. Well, I had no choice. Once you
0: start targeting <laughs> yeah. me and I'm somehow still winning,
1: mm. I got to yam it up. It's just what I do. Yam I like it yamming it up. Yamming it up. Anyway, um, thank you, Stephen Miller, for submitting this track. This is my jam. I love the drum samples in this. Again, it's got that... Definitely, definitely has that... Um, that oh, old-school Prodigy vibe to it, especially right now as the section is... Also, I'm going
0: to point to a track me. on this list. If you didn't pick it for your last track, it should be the ender at least. Okay, cool. Because that is... Oh, yay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's I good came so
0: close to picking it, but I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating because it's almost like a gimme.
1: <laughs> All right, well, um, we're on to your, I think, third or fourth track. We'll find out because I'll, I'll review after I pick this track. <laughs> yeah, we're on to your third track. So this
0: track comes in from listener Soulless Sanctuary from a game that she's been gushing about quite a bit over the last few weeks, and it really makes me want to break out my blasted DS. I'm just really dying as far as, like, sorting out my time. But, God, this is like finally play your games per now. But this game that she's a big fan of is called Metopia. It's got recently released on the Nintendo Switch, and the track title that she submitted from that game is The Boss Battle Theme, and it is composed by Toshi Yuki Sudo, Shinji Ushiroda, Yumi Takahashi, and Megumi Inoue. Listening to the boss battle track from Metopia, submitted <laughs> by Soul Accentuary It composed by a few individuals: Toshiyuki Sudo and Shinji Ushiroda Yumi Takahashi and Megumi Inoue. That's where I lost the beat. I'm cool with that because her name is really hard to flow with, Jack. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you end it with "Yeah," cha cha cha, that's the way to go, baby. So, what does she have to say about this, the track of tracks from her game of games? If you say it's summer over there, well, guess what? It's the start of our rainy season here in the Philippines. Differing weathers aside, I'm sure you guys are aware of the two vastly different JRPGs I'm currently playing. Metopia and Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. That's a mouthful. Mm. They're both remasters with some new content, arguably. Don't you agree? I do agree. Well, maybe not so much. The, well, as knocked Nocturne has some really cool features they added, but I digress. I'm rambling. Anyway, for this submission, this is a little difficult to choose from the two for Metopia: either the first boss battle or the Ballad of the Fairies complete. So go ahead and choose. I chose. To be honest, the entire soundtrack of Metopia and the game itself was such a huge surprise back in the 3DS days. Who knew a Mi game would have such a vast treasure of music tracks? As someone who already played the original 3DS version, it makes me very happy to see more people getting interested in the Switch release of this game. Honestly, it's just that fun. Let's continue to have fun this summer with bopping VGMs, or well, rainy days for me in my case. Hey, we'll shine some light on your end of the spectrum just to see if we can get it over there. Maybe we can push a little hard to get it your way, and who knows, maybe you'll Send us some of that rainy weather, too, because... Oh, wait, You already did. It's pouring yeah, outside. it's pouring outside.
1: Well, we had, like, two, three weeks of, like, no rain.
0: Bank solace. A crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great... This is quite the jam, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm really like it. As soon as it hit,
1: I'm like, it's short and, like, but kind of funky. But then this part right here... It's Kind of, I don't know. It's 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 kind of silly, you know. It's like having, having fun.
0: It gives me odd light notes because it's not one to one similarity, but it gives me light similarity references to like the tracks from the freaking that darn game I was playing with the freaking the the. I'll bring it up later, but it's basically that game I play on the Dimpeman. There we go. The Dimpeman. Dimpeman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It came to me on a whim on a Thursday
1: night, cold, stormy. It was a cool black night.
0: <laughs> the Dippin' Men were out in force <laughs> taking them on but like yeah this is yeah I'm a fan of this track and I really need to get down because also what was it the other me game that I bought but never got to play was Tomodachi Life okay yeah we, we talked about that one on the show a couple times yeah, I think someone submitted a, tra- submitted a track from that game yeah, as well yeah. it's just like Mii's living in an apartment building that's pretty <laughs> much what Tomodachi Life is and it's a it's yeah. a very hilarious game concept yeah, yeah,
1: the Mii's got to just they just have to get along if they can survive <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what we gotta do
0: yeah. It wasn't Nintendo games, so you know they're not gonna <laughs> die, but no, no. they might move out. Man, this is a fun
1: song. I'm really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, this is all players that like Solus keep sending tracks in. I know you have your moments where you're like, I don't know, I don't have anything that anybody's gonna want to hear. That is a lie. Because <laughs> clearly I saw this track pop up, and people were in the chat going, oh, Meetopia, every track's a banger. So clearly you got some taste.
1: Yeah, you sent another Share one. Share it with the world. And then the other one was uh, Ballad of the Fairies. I want to hear that one now. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's really you? good. It'll come up. Right, so we're rolling into our next track, we've got um, a track submitted by Justin Schneider. Oh, oh XVGM buddies. VGM, our sister station. The track is called "Vamo Aya Flamenco. From Final Fantasy IX for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. You're listening to Famaya <laughs> from Final Fantasy IX on the Sony PlayStation, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Ooh, I, I keep meaning to go this back is, and play this, this, this game again,
0: too. I this have it on fun. the Vita and everything. Like Final Fantasy IX is my baby. So this is the one that hasn't gotten like an HD remake or anything like that? No, I just got like a, a just a general re-release digitally for people to play. But on a handheld. No, well, what it was was, like, you could buy it, like, as a PS1 release. That's the version I've got, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, they were releasing, like, PS1 versions again. But I'm positive that it got a release on the Switch, at least, of mm-hmm. uh, a more, like, smoothed-out version of the game without all the blockiness that the original had. But that's all it got. It didn't get, like, an actual, like, full-on remake, just like, hey, we smoothed it out. Uh,
1: but 9, for me... Oh, Stephen Miller is saying there was an HD remaster, and he owns it on the Switch. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Oh, it's okay, cool, 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 cool. That's what I was saying. The
0: one I have is the PS1 version, and then the one on the Switch, they smoothed it out like it's it's just it's like they like when a lot of people say, for example, Final Fantasy Seven got the uh, got the new one where yeah. it pretty much like redid the freaking a re- game and remake in, fact, they they, in
1: fact the game is called Remake
0: yeah they remade it like this one is like they smoothed it out so I <laughs> guess it's a
1: remaster in that regard yeah like how Final Fantasy X was HD remastered
0: yeah that's yeah. what I'm referring to like okay. it got that version of it but the one I'm playing is the Vita release which was just the PS1
1: game mm-hmm. slapped digitally yeah. to be able to repurchased re- and downloaded. this is one I've never really gotten into like I don't know almost anything about it it's so. worth it like this I
0: think it's gotten a lot more love over the years. Like, I was reading an article recently where someone was like, That's what it was. Like, a friend, our mutual friend, Kurt, posted it. And he was like, Hey, take a look at this list of top 25 RPGs and tell me which ones you disagree with. And (laughs) of all the Final Fantasies, Nine was the one that made their list. And I was very shocked, but also pleased to see it. Nine was the last one on the PS1 line. And it kind of brought a lot of return to form back quote-unquote the crystal themes the elementals the you know fanciful like you know like different species of characters they made a black mage like a main character type so to speak oh and that's the right princess was, like dressed uh, like a white mage at like one Divi point or
1: something yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and it, it had a lot of heart even once you got past all the like what some might call like you know theme pandering you still had a title with a lot of heart great character writing and i liked how moves were learned you basically would equip gear. And the weapons would allow you to learn new abilities. So you had to use weapons that sometimes weren't the best solely to get skills from them. And... I'm a sucker for that, especially as a guy who doesn't sell his equipment. It was nice to just have like this like register sure of like, okay, I got these ten weapons,
1: and I can learn something from all of them. I'll just work through them methodically until I get every move. Oh, I'm man. good for that. That's exciting to me. Um, uh, maybe I should go back and play a classic Final Fantasy after Persona Five. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to get into multiple RPGs at the same time. Like that's just, I'm not going to do it. I, I I I feel like it's it's enough to play two different types of games at the same time it's um, a
0: challenge trust yeah. me I, I, I'm at the point now with reviews where I might be hitting like three or four in a week so yeah, you find yourself like okay try to talk for, you talked about this one endless runner now talk about this uh, this this
1: roguelike you know dungeon crawl. i was like' actually yeah. <laughs> so, uh, get into the testimonial that Justin Schneider uh, posted posted that he sent us with the track. Vamo allá, Flamenco. He just
0: wanted to say it again.
1: Vamos flamenco! <laughs> um, While I haven't given, well, Justin says, while I haven't really given much thought to the summer game releases lately, the term always brings me back to the summer of 2000 and the first game I pre-ordered with my own money, which is Final Fantasy IX. I remember being excited about the supposed return to form with a medieval-style fantasy setting and bringing the crystal, or crystals back to the front of the story. I absolutely lost my mind when we met a villain named Garland, a callback to Final Fantasy One on the NES. There's so many interesting tracks on the soundtrack, from the light and silly battle theme that only plays in certain areas or with certain enemies, to the dark Kuja's theme, and even the show-stopping melodies of life. But I've always come back to the Vamo Alla Flamenco and there that fantastic go. Spanish guitar. Easy. It is very good. This is a successful flamenco track. I think
0: it's great. I, I have to I compare cool. with this wholeheartedly. Like yeah. it's, and honestly, it plays like we all talk about how awesome Triple Triad is, which it deserves all of that love. It's probably to me like the best Final Fantasy mini game next to like up there next to snowboarding. But Chocobo Hot and Cold was surprisingly
1: pretty addictive too. So that's what the place of this Chocobo Hot and Cold.
0: It played two in two places. It played during Chocobo Hot Cold, and it also played at the beginning of the game when the main characters in a play that they're putting on for the queen. So
1: I want to know what Chocobo Hot and Cold is.
0: So it was basically, you're on a map, like on a, a screen, and you get, like, a document that told you... No, no, there wasn't a document. It's like, you. I can't remember what they gave you to get you started, but basically you're on this map and you're riding a Chocobo. Chocobo would run and be would peck in the ground, and it would make a certain type of sound depending on how close you were to the treasure uh... you were trying to dig up. Hence That's hot thing. and cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I can't remember specifically what you had to get you started. But I do know that when you finished it, sometimes you would win like a choco glyph, choco glyph, and that was basically something that would give you a clue to a place you
1: could go on the world map to find treasure. Oh, interesting. So it was something you can kind of do around the world, kind of like Skies of Arcadia.
0: God, that was a- like <laughs> that oh, was right. skies of Arcadia.
1: Um, so when he said Chocobo Hot and Cold, I was thinking like it was like Hot Potato. We pass the, chocobo, throw the chocobo
0: around, around until, he, <laughs> until, until it, he becomes
1: the fat chocobo and hot, crushes you. Hot, yeah, exactly. Hot chocobo. Hold this hold this chocobo for me. All right, so I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that we normally would call the bonus round. Bonus round? <laughs> <laughs> the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, but this week we have chosen to play music all submitted by our listeners.
0: And I actually realized I think I'm going to change what I talked about before with my track. I hope we already have it downloaded because uh, I originally was thinking like I want to pick this track, but we can't give Stephen Miller two hits. But <laughs> I do. But maybe that'll be the track we play at the end of the episode because it's a good. Well, we can we can play whatever you want. So what what have you got for us? So let's go with this one because this one is also a mutual fan of favorite of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Game and track submission. So this comes from listener that Nick Walker. And it is from the game Disgaea: Hour of Darkness, originally released on the PS2, but then released on so many other systems. Um, The track title is called "Welcome to the Overlord's Castle," and it's composed by my guy Tempe Sato. Welcome back. You're listening to Welcome to the Overlord's Castle. I am your friend, Midboss. boss um, <laughs> Ashley, he would say, the Dark Adonis. Um, Ashley, this is from the game Disgaea Hour of you Darkness. Can, you are the Dark Adonis. There D- you go. D- don't you forget Where'd it. You get a tattoo of that.
1: The Dark Adonis.
0: <laughs> um, from the game Disgaea Hour of Darkness composed by Tip Sato, Or just like I yes. think a name tag.
1: Just hello, my name is the Dark Adonis. <laughs> the Dark Adonis. <laughs>
0: Because I'm been in my listener that Nick Walker and Rob will probably never let that go. Now he was uh, like, "Yep, you're the Dark Adonis Perdell forever today, and I'll take it." <laughs> so that Nick Walker's testimonial before I get rambly about this game because holy cow, this is such a perfect like summer game submission. Um, the Disguise series means a lot to me. My best friend introduced it to me one day, and I remember pulling an all-nighter lying on his carpet, drinking Mountain Dew Voltage straight from the bottle, <laughs> as well as we summoned demons and named them after each other, grinding Perfect. for levels and dying over and over and over again in the item world. The music of the Disguise series makes me smile with its whimsy, with every track sounding like it belongs in some demonic circus that may be a little scary, but everyone's smiling, just like the netherworld in the respective games. Hmm. I cannot agree more. This guy uh, is so. When this, you said you were introduced to it by a friend. You probably weren't familiar with like how they were like hyping it up when it first got announced. Because like as you know now, this guy is just part of the
1: game reverse. Like everyone knows this guy. I, I remember our mutual friend Nate was like super into it, and that was. And he showed me a little bit of the game, and that's. And I've seen like pictures of characters and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's all I know about it. It's like a by a, a strategic. Puzzler. Or... I wouldn't even call it
0: that. <laughs> I wouldn't even begin to call it that. So, well, I'll, I'll tell you why though. You're, you're probably,
1: like, well, well, Pernell, way to be that dude. Well, I do, You've told me a lot about grinding through the weapon world and like how that was addictive.
0: Like when they when they first announced this game, and we they were like, "We're bringing this game over from Japan." This was the first game aside from Rhapsody, though it wasn't acknowledged at the time that we ever got from Nipponichi Software. Oh. Um, and when Atlas published it. They were like, because this is before Nippon Nipponichi even started publishing games here. Atlas brought this over. They were like, this is the strategy RPG that's going to break strategy RPGs. You can get up to 200 different character classes. And as you, if you play played the game, you now know that all that really is like one character class, 12 versions of that class uh. over a span. Um, but they were like, 200 character classes. You can go into items and make them more powerful, which is now what we know as the item world. And it was like, you play as the villain. And you're trying to do evil things. And they, like, they were, like, hamming it up. And I was so geeked for it. Like, you can, last they also, they said, like, you can level up to, like, 9999 nine, 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 over and over again. Like, this, we maxed it out. And they would show the damage counter where the number would just, like, span off the page. <laughs> like, they were, like, really yamming it. And I was, a, I, I could not wait for this game to come out. Like, I was, I was, like, at the store, like, did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? <laughs> that was that guy. Um. And honestly, they've only refined it more and more from that point on, but this is like the perfect, I've got free time in the summer, let's get some grinding done, because you are literally just like boosting characters up, getting their weapons boosted up, and then eventually the game just becomes a goal of like going to the Dark Senate, which you can then do, you can go there to increase the difficulty of the game. To give you a reason to do more damage and do more and get more defense. Now you're like, how hard? Is how long do I have to work to get max damage output in this game? It's so like I can have like 575
1: k yeah. damage. So this game is designed for you to just get obsessed with just seeing bigger numbers over and over and over again.
0: Yes, and yeah. then with each subsequent sequel, they refine the const the, the 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 format more and more to the point now where it's almost down to an exact science of just like going into an item world, turning the speed up on all the combat. You just, like, zip through it, throwing characters to portals, getting invaded by, like, spaceships, oh, and all wow. kinds of crazy mess. And now the sixth game is actually coming out this month. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I pre-ordered it, and they already took my money, so they better send it out. Um, this will be the first one, if I'm not mistaken, that went full on with 3D character models. Oh, wow. Because yeah. they were holding off for a long yes, time. Everything in terms was of, like, really, like, bright 2D art for a long time right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because all the special attacks are like over the top and ridiculous so i'm looking forward and also sort of scared to see how their full 3d transition is going to affect the game we'll find out but then they also decided hey we need to put virtual idols in the game for some reason i don't know what that's about with nipponichi lately all their games getting virtual idol injections but hey if they can make it fun i'll take it all right um
1: do we have a, a testimonial for this one
0: I already, read it. I already read it oh my gosh i totally lost track <laughs> i made sure to read his testimony before i went off the rails <laughs> Yeah, <I> do, <laughs> because the rails, he yeah, had a great
1: yeah. testimonial all right so we're moving on to my next track this one came from uh skinny matt a listener skinny matt uh this track is called the risen and it is from the game sea of thieves the risen composed by robin beanland and let's get into this one Back, you're listening to The Risen from Sea of Thieves, composed by Robin Beanland. And Skinny Matt says, For some reason, Sea of Thieves has its hooks in me. Pun intended? Plus, the OST is ridiculous for this type of game. For example, when sailing, you may engage with a skeleton ship you see in the distance, or sometimes one may randomly pop up out of the water alongside of your ship, and then it's time to start firing those cannons. The Risen is the music that fades in when you get near one of those skeleton ships. That's really cool. Like there must be so much music like within this game.
0: There's a good number of tracks yeah. and the OST is honestly very fantastic. It's got a surprising amount of hurdy-gurdy tricks. I, I mean, I, I would imagine, right? <laughs> like, you could actually have a guy like, I'm going to play the hurdy-gurdy on the ship, and everybody starts dancing and drinking grog
1: to yeah, it. Yeah, I heard, like, multiple people can play, like, instruments at the same time to, like, build the music. Like, but, uh, Sea of Thieves, I can totally get why, because he said, he's like, I'm not sure why I'm addicted. I can honestly
0: see how oh, you yeah. could. Like, I have friends who were trying to pull me into it because they were addicted to it. Like, they would just get together, and they would go on runs. They'd do the whole thing with the map where they're charting a course. Mm-hmm. And... Great for treasures and stuff. And I admit, when I played with them, I had fun too. The only problem was the typical Pernell issues cropped up where I was like, so how do you progress?
1: yeah yeah no this is the game no this is the game you this is the game yeah you just on. have fun
0: i'm like i want to
1: progress how do i level up it's a, no pernell, it's a sandbox does my sword get more stats it's a sandbox pernell they're like no pernell you just get cool new clothes like do the clothes do anything they make you look good. so so do you like sim city because I, I feel like there's no there's no end game there's no there's no win condition mm, yes there is i mean not in the old version not the original sim city even if there's not, there's still a condition. Because think of it like this. You just keep it alive for as long keep as you can? Keep it alive and growing.
0: And since I've never pulled that off where the city became self-sufficient. So isn't that Sea of Thieves? Just keep it alive? No. Make money? No. So think of City in the sense like you create from the ground up. Sim City starts with like a dirt mound. And then you've turned it into a flourishing city that has problems and you have to manage those problems and okay. keep the city functioning. Oh, that is I see the what's game. going
1: on. It's too personal. So if you're playing like a sandbox game or like a MMO, it's you, and you're the one with all the problems, and you have to grow.
0: It, well, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but in MMO, I mean, there's still growth in the form of like getting new skills and stuff, and then, of course, with MMOs, though, I still fall off eventually because you can only give new skills for so yeah. long, and then it just becomes a... Want bigger numbers? Yeah, yeah, I guess it's
1: just not your thing then.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I like, I always feel like I need to grow up. And that, the other reason for that, I'll admit, mm-hmm. is because you made a comment earlier that stands true. There's so many games out there to play. Yeah, yeah. And I admit that if I didn't have access to a lot of games, I might want that one game I can just play forever. Mm-hmm. But since I'm j- constantly jumping between games and I'm having new discussions with new people with new games, mm-hmm. I don't want to stay tass- tethered to one too long. Pump It Up's an odd exception. Like, oh, those B-Money games, they're a weird exception to that. But yeah. even they would still get new releases with new tracks to play, so it still feels new.
1: Still feel, it still feels new, but it's the same, but, like, for us, Rhythm Games is just, like, our pastime. Like, that's our baseball. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but, no, I think games like Sea of Thieves... Are fun to watch people stream who are really into it because it's just fun to see a story just play out in real time. Yes, especially and, and like when
0: you get raided by other ships. Yeah, like, and this game is perfect like,
1: for that because the raids yeah. are. Even though he mentioned the
0: skeleton crew, the raids are generally done by other humans. So yeah. it's a group of friends they are also piloting a ship. They see you in the distance. They start firing their cannons like and you know, coming no, we can after you. Take these
1: guys. I think that's what. Maybe that's like. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe that's that's what like when they when they designed this game they designed it with that kind of thing in mind people and are going to present this to other people
0: and i gotta tell you i enjoyed doing that yeah, yeah when we were on that boat and somebody wanted to try to start some mess <laughs> my first thought was come on man why can't we just share the sea and be friendly and i'm like you know fine then if you want to attack us i'm going to sink the living daylights out of this ship i'm the guy going to ship trying to just smash everything up put
1: holes in it like i don't care how'd you do oh i was a vicious <laughs> I was more than just a scallywag. <laughs> well, um, normally in the bonus round, we have covers and arrangements, and we'll um, talk about where you can get the uh, information about those artists, but that's not, not, not the case. But if you go to rhythmandpixels.com, we'll have links to past episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a recipe that you might like. And maybe some friends along the way. <laughs> <laughs> a really good Boya bay recipe. Thanks for joining us on episode 28-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is uh, your summer games, the games that you've been looking forward to playing or games that you loved playing all summer long.
0: Hot jams! I
1: like how we did that.
0: I can't do
1: all along. So what were you saying? Um,
0: this track that we're playing now also came from listener Stephen Miller, and it comes from the game Front Mission 3 Army Base. Oh, uh, Front Mission 3, with the track being titled Army Base. And I think it's kind of cool that this is the final track because we're kind of coming full circle since the beginning of the show. We got into a really deep conversation about Front Mission games, um, which I really keep telling myself I should go back and play more of, but it would be nice if the Square would just revive them in a way that they weren't slow-paced because that was like the one detriment that I had to those games. They were so slow, but they were great. Um, I'll read the testimonial because it's only fair. It's a good track. It deserves to get the word out, too. So, Steve Miller says... A few of my summer games were playing long ago or, were playing long-form RPGs with my best friend. Games like Xenosaga, Champions of Norath, and my personal favorite game of all time, Front Mission 3, completing both endings totaling 80 hours in just a few weeks. And mm. just me saying this, that is an accolade because holy cow. It was a lot. I actually find most of the soundtrack to be fairly forgettable, but this particular track always managed to stick in my head. Listening to it rock right, right now it kind of, <laughs> i had a different page listen to it now it kind of reminds me of the military prep music that plays in the godzilla movies in tone as always i hope you guys enjoy it. well guess what we did enjoy it we very much did this internet and uh that one first combat track i think it's called like anger are like my favorite tracks from the game hands down that's i really
1: this 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 soundtrack is fantastic it's so many so many good tracks I was happy with every submission. Link. But this is also why like, I really like
0: when people go all in on their submissions. Because flat out to stay, even if we don't put it on the show for that episode, because honestly, there's just more tracks than there are you know, slots, we listen to all of them. We do. And I'll admit, sometimes you'll be like, man, um, how? which one should I pick? I like this, but I also like that one. And the testimonial for this one is especially good. So like, well, and that's uh, part of the fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. What I get excited about is like when we pick our own tracks, we're, we're picking them because we're like, we're excited about them, right? We're excited about the music, we're excited about the games. This gets us to know what our listeners are excited about. I agree you know? and, 100%. And, and so, it, and it's a lot more varied than just the Robin Purnell show. And
0: that's I, I, I a large part of like where, like, I admit, like, I'm well, I'm not, as I say, it's not in the mix, it's just how it is. Like, I, that, I, I if people are chatty, about stuff, I want to get in on it. Like, I like talking to people, friends, and just fellow gamers about what they like to do, what they like to play. I like to talk to them about what they experience in the game. Like, if you were to write to Rhythm and Pixels chat or in like Discord and be like, "I'm playing such and such game, and I'm fighting this boss who's giving me grief," I'm gonna go, "What, what boss is? It? What game are we talking about? Give me some deets." And you go on to your whole diatribe like, "This is such and such, and this B has this thing that does like 500 damage." I'm gonna never play the game in my life. But to me, hearing someone or reading someone enthusiastically describe a game experience they had, it, it makes me feel good. I like hearing people get really up close in person with their games as opposed to what it's kind of become for a lot of us, which is like a video. We have so many games that are coming out at such a rapid pace. It's almost like recycle one and done. It's like, I got this game. I'm going to play through it. I check the box. Moving on to this game. Play the game. Check right. the box. And if I were to go back and ask you, so tell me about that game you played three weeks ago, you're like... I-. I leveled up a lot and I completed it. It's alright. Now I'm playing this game though. Like, nah, it's it's really cool to hear people really get into what they're playing. Yes. And I love it. And that comes out in a lot of these testimonials too, because when we were like, here's a topic, it kind of the goal ultimately is to get you guys to be like I really want to think about this. What would I pick? Sometimes it'll be just like, oh, I immediately know the game I want to pick for this. Right. This is just perfect. And then you submit it and you're like, da 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 da. This is that game I play with my brother all the time. We got to know it really big to, I got thrown out of my friend's house over this game. Like,
1: that's the good stuff. Uh, it feels so good. Got thrown out of my friend's house because of this game. Oh, I say, oh,
0: it happens. I,
1: I'm sure it happens. It happens. But yes, keep
0: submitting these things. Please keep doing it. It's just fun. It's fun to read your testimonies. It's
1: fun to listen to yeah. your track submissions. I feel like it completes the, the the submission, right? Like It adds some story and some context to uh, to what you're sending. Mm-hmm. But um, if you'd like to send us some tracks, if you're um, curious and you'd like to let us know what you're thinking about, um, about the show, about maybe new topics, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, and uh, if you want to learn more about the show, if you'd like to see a full track listing from this episode and all of our episodes and then links to everything else that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. No www. <laughs> you can use that too. I got, I got both. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, and also you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's just Rhythmandpixels, all one word there. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Rhythmandpixels or twitch.tv slash Rhythmandpixels. And we have a 24-7 8-bit and 16-bit radio station playing nothing but classics and deep cuts, all curated by uh, people within the podcast community. And then if you'd like to support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch where we have some awesome t-shirts that are uh, jokes from the show. They're related to video game music and they're related to the video game sound teams like Falcom. Falcom, top billing. Yeah, Falcom's going to get the top billing from now on. Yes, I have learned. (laughs) Top billing. And you got the Konami one, you got the Taito one. So there's a lot of really cool uh, designs out there that I stole and put on some t-shirts. So go check that out. You can also uh, support us by going to Patreon at patreon.com slash Pixels, where um, by being a member at any level, you get access to a weekly prequel episode of me and Pranel just chatting, rambling. It gets a little dicey. You get a little heated. No, not really. Just get a little sleepy. Get a little sleepy. Um, and you also get access to like an episode like this, but recorded live, a monthly live streamed episode that you can uh, be a part of, um, Every uh, usually record on Thursdays if, if you're curious about that. And at the highest levels, you get access to um, some fun stuff on our radio stations. You can put in your own little shout outs. You can even record your own shout outs. So you can do that on the radio stations. Um, and we also like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels at the end of the show. Starting with Frankly Zappa, thank you very, very much. Mike Myers, thank you too. vashon 8060 and that Nick Walker, thank you, thank you. Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Matt's Holmquist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, David Taylor, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Are you, thank you regretting you. starting that trend of thank you, thank you, thank you? I think. might stop. Uh, Reinhardt <laughs> Zolkova, Andrea Schmelberg, Dan Louton, Sleepy S'more, Stephen Miller, the autistic gamer eighty nine, Cameron Worma, Christopher Centrum, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes Three podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, and Brian Pitt. Thank you, 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 thank you. thank you. And Cameron
0: Worma is officially back on again, trying to knock out Mulata two. It's been like a year
1: long challenge for him. That's amazing. I I kind of stopped looking at the the text thread. I understand. Like, if you're not playing the game, it kind of loses a lot of the meat and potatoes for yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, he's back on the grind. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I, that, that seems like a— like, La Mulana seems like a game that would be really hard to uh, to, to put down for a while then pick back up again.
0: Yeah, I'm honestly amazed that
1: he's able to do that. I think he took really good notes. He must have been really good in school.
0: <laughs> what well, also helps that like he comes in, he'll be like, "Hey, I'm stuck on something." Mm-hmm. And unlike him, we've already beaten the game, so even if we don't remember something, we have no qualms with going on the internet and looking up
1: the solution. And being like, "You're close," yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you're, you're, you're that you're the support team, exactly. But like um, anyway, thanks everybody for your support of the show, your continued support of the show. It means a lot to us. It means that we can kind of. Produce more, more produce this better. Just keep going. I'm really, pr- I'm really proud of our, our production value and everything that we're doing here. So, um, yeah. yeah. You're I- putting a lot of work on this stuff. So we will see you next week when we are doing our own summer games. But not the Summer Game Challenge. No, no, well, in my sense, it may as well beat the Summer Game
0: challenge yeah. because if I'm trying to do that, the games I'm going to be playing this summer are likely <laughs> going to be associated
1: with that. So, hot diggity dog. So that would be uh, 28-4. We'll see you then. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. We will see you next week. Please be safe. And
0: remember, I know, well, for all the folks who are like under 18 listening to this show, well, you lucky bums. But for all of us, you know, older folks who are listening to the show and getting down to business with life... Summer, at least to me, feels like it sometimes has lost its luster, like, you know, when we were kids it was like, hey, you know, three months off with nothing to do, trying to go out with your friends and play a bunch of video games and just be lazy or whatever you want to do. But now as adults it's like, well, gotta go to work every day and do whatever. But with that said, we don't have to let that completely dictate how we feel about these three months out of the year. Even if it's just at the evening hours or if you might take like a day or two to yourself, like just, you know, play hooky from work or something. Not that I endorse that. I totally endorse that. Um, Absolutely. Play hooky from work here and there. Just kind of get that bit of a spirit back into you. Sit down in your underwear in the living room floor and just like Uh, pick up a controller and just play some retro games or even some modern games. It's just, it's amazing what intentionally giving yourself throwback vibes can do to you. You might think it's kind of cork-hokey now to play games in your underwear on the living floor. I don't. But even if you do, give it a try anyway, just for the sake of saying, I got this bowl of Cheetos in the corner, but you got to clean your hands every time you don't want to get down on your controller. I mean, that's just nasty. But, you know, you got your Cheetos on the floor, you got your underwear, you got your controller, you got your favorite game on the screen, you got somebody saying, get out of the way, I want to use your TV. You go, get out of here, I'm doing it myself. The point I'm making, because I like to ramble, is just take some time to appreciate what you can of the summer with the time you do have, even if it's just kind of simulating it, because you'll be surprised how good it does, for, how much good it can do for your soul and just your state of being. It feels great.